Well, good evening, and welcome to Freedom Church. Thank you to Heidi and Pam for uh, calling us to worship on the Hammered Dulcimers. That is beautiful. You wouldn't have gotten that any other place in Baldwin County than Freedom Church. What a what a neat thing. We're so glad to have you here tonight. We've got a lot of new faces in the room. My name's Mark Price. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are honored to have you at Freedom. We want tonight to just be a relaxed night, to just enjoy the goodness of God and just the fellowship of His family. So you just let your hair down, enjoy the music, sing along, just worship the Lord together. Let's go to Him together in prayer right now. Would you join me? God, you are good, and tonight we just celebrate your goodness. We hold high the name of the Lord Jesus. We give you thanks, Jesus, for who you are and for how much you love us. And as we just sing and enjoy good music, we pray that you'd honor us, Lord Jesus, with the presence of your Spirit. We pray that you would refresh us in this time and that you'd just be pleased by what we offer to you tonight. Above everything, we just say we love you, we welcome you here, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And once again, let me thank everyone for coming tonight. Um, I want you to think of tonight as, as though you had come over to one of our living rooms and we're just sitting around in the living room or with our musical instruments and playing and enjoying the time together. Uh, the only thing that, that we talked about whenever we were going to do this was that, to me, a song is always better when there's some sort of story attached to it. And so over the course of this evening, as we play the songs, we'll, we'll talk about the stories that, that are attached to the songs for us. Maybe the song um, has a different story to you, or maybe it's a song you don't know. But um, our hope is that as you see how the song has a a story to us that maybe you'll understand how how it worships with us and we worship with the song and how the song communicates with us. Um, we're going to be doing a variety of different songs. Obviously, you heard the first song on a hammer dulcimer, two hammer dulcimers. A hammer dulcimer is an instrument that goes back to antiquity. And the neat thing about it, we were talking earlier Pianos, which have been around, and their acoustic instruments, and guitars, which have been around for a long time. But over the years, they've evolved. And they use, they take advantage of, of technology to make, make the guitars and the pianos sound different than they did when they first came out. But an instrument like this, what you're hearing is basically the same way that someone would have heard that instrument played a thousand years ago. It's just a pure sound that has not been altered by modern technology. It's, it's wood, and it's, and it's wire string. And, and the sticks that they used to play it are the same things that would have been around, you know, a thousand years ago to make sound. And so we're so, we're so blessed to not have one but two hammered dulcimer players with hammered dulcimers in our congregation. And so we always want to make sure that we take advantage of... Uh, of, of using them to help minister to you. This next song we're going to do, the story to this song, to me, is that when I worked at First United Methodist Church as the youth director, and of course that's also the church I grew up in, and, and at that time, as I was growing up, there were the people that kind of were in charge of the church, and, and if those of you that grew up in church when you were little, you know, it was like the people, they were a hundred years old when you were little, and then when you were older, they were still a hundred years old. 
They never really seemed happy because they were always do. They were the ones that were willing to stand up and say, "We don't have that much money to spend on this. We can't do this." But they just they loved the church so much, and they would do anything. They were the people that, when something couldn't be afforded by the congregation, they were the ones that would go find the money and pay for it personally. And on Sunday nights at that church, we had a little evening service that was held in our chapel. The preacher would preach about 15 minutes. <laughs> but the, 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 the bulk of the service was, was music, and, and we, we got out the old Cokesbury hymnal. How many of you know what the Cokesbury hymnal is? It's the little brown hymnal that's not as big as the big hymnal. It's the little skinny hymnal. It's got the songs that, you know, people were singing back in the 1800s. But we would sing out of that, and the preacher would let the people in the congregation that were there, they could request a song, and we'd always sing the first verse and the last verse. Well, there was this one lady. Her name was Sally Jones, and Sally was the financial secretary for the church. She would come in every Monday morning with the with the receipts and everything that had been done at the service the, the night before, the morning before, the night before. But Sally would always request in the garden. But now in the garden had three verses. And Sally would always say, We're gonna we need to do in the garden, but we gotta do all three verses. So we would always do all three verses, I think primarily because the preacher was scared to death of her if we didn't do it. And so we would always do all three verses. Towards the end of Sally's life, she got to where she couldn't breathe. She was hospitalized. She was bedridden. She couldn't communicate, but she loved music still. And I would take my little battery-powered piano to the nursing home where she was, and I would play songs for her, and she would sit there, and I could see her smile. Well, in December, she took a turn for the worse. I went to see her, and the prognosis wasn't good, and we played some Christmas songs. It was right before Christmas. And a few days later, one night I was asleep in my bed, and around 3.30 in the morning, I was hit. I mean, it was like I was physically hit in my sleep. And I woke up, and I, I thought my nose was busted. And I thought, did I roll over and hit something? Did, did Dale wake up and hit me? I, you know, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I woke up. And it was such a startle because I, it was, I mean, I, I physically, it was like somebody hit me hard in the nose. Well, the next morning, her daughter called me. Sally's daughter called me and said, my mom passed away about 3.30 last night. And there's no doubt in my mind that that was Sally on her way up to heaven letting me know, I'm gone, tag, you're it. Now, Sally's, for her funeral, she wanted to have a graveside service. And so, of course, In the Garden was one of the songs that she had requested to be sung at her funeral. And her daughter asked me if I could get my guitar and play at her funeral. Well, of course, the day of her funeral... It was freezing and it was flooding. So we're all at the graveside under the umbrellas, just freezing to death, soaking wet. And her daughter came up and said, listen, you don't have to play if you don't want to. It's, you know, it's just a few of us here and, you know, maybe just play a verse. And I said, no, because Sally's already hit me once on her way. She's not coming to hit me again. So we did all three verses. 
And so this song, I can't hear this song or play this song without thinking of Sally Jones and how this song meant so much to Sally Jones and how much Sally Jones meant to me and how much she meant to the church. And it's just, I, I, you know, I, I think, could I ever be somebody that the church would be so dependent on, that would be so important to the church, that would love a church so much that she would do what she did and that she would just be the kind of person that, that decades later we still miss Sally Jones at that church. And as great as that story is, you know, that's, that's my story with this song. And earlier today I was talking to Stone and Stone was like, oh, I love that song. And I was shocked that Stone knew the song, quite honestly. And Stone had his own story with this song. And it meant just as much to him as it did to me. And so we're going to play this song. Sean, come up and sing it with us. And we're going to have all of us play along and sing along with us if you know it. Calling 
we're going to go a little older than the Cokesbury hymnal for this one. And uh, I'll start by saying I got inspired to learn to play the guitar when I was in high school. Needless to say, it was a long time ago. And uh, the guy that inspired me is an artist by the name of Leo Kotke. Now, his first album was recorded in 1969. He's still recording and touring uh, 50 years later. And one of the things he's noted for is he plays a 12-string guitar, which is what I've got here. And thank you, Bush, for letting me borrow yours. Most people are familiar with the six-string guitar. You've got six individual strings, each tuned to a specific note. With a 12-string, you've got six pairs of strings. So you've got your first one that's going to be tuned just like a six-string would be. And then you've got a one with it that's tuned an octave higher. And it gives you a fuller sound, but it's a little cumbersome to play, and there's twice as many strings that can go out of tune. Now, the, the song I heard Leo Kotke play back then, and he still plays it now, is Hey Su, O Joy of Man's Desire by Johann Sebastian Bach. In the, in the English-speaking church, we frequently uh, shorten it to joy. It's a song that, uh, if you're not familiar with the name, you're, you're going to be familiar with it. It's played at weddings. It's also played at Christmas time, And it's also played during the season of Lent. Uh, and today is, is sort of a special day to do this because Johann Sebastian Bach, today is his birthday. He was born 334 years ago in, that would be 1685 on March 31st. So we're going to do a Lenten song by a guy that's 334 years old on a 12 string that was arranged by a guy that's been doing this for 50 years. And uh, you'll also notice it's, it's an instrumental, so I'll step away from the microphone, which is a good thing. And uh, one final thing, when Leo plays this in concert, he does it as part of a medley. And the first song he plays in the medley is is an original composition called Crow River Waltz. It segues real well into joy. So I'm going to give you just the first two, two lines of Crow River Waltz, and then we'll finish up with Jesu, O Joy of Man's Desire. That'll work better that way.
Joe, while um, we're getting ready for the next song, uh, Johann Sebastian Bach uh, was pretty much instrumental in creating the church organist job, too. That was, that was where he played, and he created the, pretty much the whole method of playing that we use today. When you take music theory, basically all of the way that we play and make chords and figure out how chords go from one to the other was a system that Bach invented while he was playing the organ at his church. We learned that at Faulkner, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> All right. Um, Pam and I and uh, accompanied by our um, esteemed musicians behind us, we're going to uh, do um, There's Something About That Name, uh, written by Bill and Gloria Gaither, um, and it has been uh, a standard and has uh, really lived on um, in people's hearts and I'm sure will continue to. Uh, Pam and I uh, really have loved the song. We loved the arrangement the first time we heard it. And it is uh, kind of um, an expression of um, how we feel about Jesus. There's something about that name. Uh, the lyrics will um, extol um, the, uh, just the beauty of his name. And Pam and I really feel that the name Jesus is our beloved. And when you have a beloved, you say that person's name. And that person carries um, all those special qualities. And um, I think you'll find tonight all of the pieces that we're playing, all of us, uh, there's a common denominator to it, and it is love. And, and we love Jesus. So, yeah, that's what we're going to do.
have uh, not only what we have in church on Sundays, uh, the musicians that we have, but on Thursdays, there's a young man that comes over and helps out with the CR group and leaves music over there. And we've been fortunate to have him on a Sunday morning before, but uh, he has his own church that he leads music in, but he is here tonight. And Mr. Jeremy Gamillion is going to share a song with us tonight. I think every song that you do at some point you get a story attached to it and sometimes multiple stories and uh, I was trying to figure out what song to do tonight I had like 10 of them in my head and this is probably my, one of my favorite stories because it's not about me it's just the song I'd known for a couple years and I was a youth pastor in a, in a church uh, where I used to live and uh, there was a, one of the one of the youth uh, kids' mother was diagnosed with breast cancer, and it was just uh, a, I mean they were big members of our church. I mean they volunteered. I mean any time uh, something was needed to clean, cut grass, whatever. I mean they were they volunteered. Their kids were there. I mean just spirit filled family, you know, beautiful family. And all within a, a matter of a week, uh, the husband had a very successful job. Uh, out of nowhere, we was laid off with no warning. Uh, the same week, she got diagnosed with breast cancer out of nowhere. And so there was just, just hurt. You know, and they, and they, they never gave up. They never gave up on Jesus. And they, they kept coming. They kept fighting. And she was going through chemo and she was weak and she was there every single week. And it was, it was beautiful. I mean, the, it was horrible to see the process, but beautiful at the same time to see the faith and the love they had for Christ and, and how they, just what was, encourage them and strengthen them through the whole process and uh we are our, our, i watched our youth group just gather around them and i mean did so many fundraisers for them and raised money for the family to pay bills and i mean it was just a beautiful time and in, in that just a few months that we were uh got to just bless them and, and, and be there for them and uh this song every time we got, I got an opportunity to sing it at the church she just she always come to me and talk about how this song carried her for that entire year and every time we sang it i mean she was at the altar just laid out weeping before christ and just and being filled and being strengthened this and this song for her I and mean, she's even asked me i haven't seen her in probably five years and she's still alive today she beat breast cancer hallelujah uh she's still with us she's fighting i mean she's still going strong and she keeps getting checkups and it still hasn't returned and so, I mean, God, God bless that family. And, they're, and they're, now they're better off. I mean, they're, everything that the enemy tried to steal, God gave back sevenfold. He has a job now making ten times more money than he was making. I mean, their children are blessed. I mean, their daughters has amazing opportunities. I mean, it's just amazing to see what it's done. And she still hits me up every couple of years and says, you know, the day that I die, you're going to sing this at my funeral. So it's funny you're telling your story because she says, you don't forget me because the day that I move on, you're going to be there with your guitar singing this song. And I, so it was just, it was awesome, you know, for you to share that. And I was like, wow, you know, it's so cool how God works and put things together. But uh, so every time, the same thing, every time I play this song, every time I hear this song, you know, I think about that family and what God did for them. And, and it blesses me, even though I didn't, I didn't receive physically from it spiritually, I was completely filled with it. And, and it's a great song, so I hope you enjoy it and uh, I hope it blesses you. Well, I believe you when you say 
Your hand will guide my every way. Will I receive the words you say? Every moment of every day. Will I will walk by faith even when I cannot see? Well, because this broken road prepared your will for me. Help me to end my endless fears. You've been so faithful for all my years. With the one breath you make me new. And your grace covers all I do. Because this broken road prepared your will for me. Well, I'm broken, but I still see your face. Well, you've spoken, pouring your words of grace. Will I, will walk by faith, even when I cannot see? Well, because of this broken road, prepared your will for me. Will I, will walk by faith, even when I cannot see? Well, because of this broken road, prepared your will for me. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. to it tonight. Now this is this is um, a song that comes from the 60s. 
So you got to keep in mind what was going on in the 60s with the, the hippie psychedelic era. Uh, and some of y'all look like y'all got guilty expressions on your face. So you, uh, you know what I'm talking about. But, uh, but anyway, it, the name of the song is Spirit in the Sky. And the funny thing is the song talks about when I die and lay me to rest, I'm going to go to the place that's the best. I got a friend in Jesus and he knows that when I die, I'm going up to the spirit in the sky. Now, the irony is the song was written by a guy whose name is Norm Greenbaum, and he's a Jew. <laughs> but when he wrote the song, and in interviews, he's talked about how he wrote the song, and he, he knew that being Jewish, that he was writing it from a Jewish perspective, but none of the Jewish words for God really fit. And Jesus fit perfectly. And so he said that he took some deep meaning into that, that, that the name of Jesus was supposed to be in the song. The song became a huge hit all over the world. It's been re-recorded two or three times, and it's been a number one song like three or four different times. The last time it was in a movie, I think, in England, and it became number one on the charts in England. So it's just... These are the kind of things that, to me, when God can inspire something so that the name of Jesus shows up where you never expect to hear it. You never expect to hear the name of Jesus on the pop radio. And when a song comes out that's filled with the name of Jesus, that's not coincidental. That's not just by accident. That's God's way of saying, I'm going to have the name of Jesus everywhere for you to hear. And so it's such a great song. It is different. Uh, we were hoping that Chuck would be, would be well and he'd be able to be here and play it because it is probably one of the ten best guitar riffs ever recorded. And uh, he's not here to play it. But fortunately, we have just as an accomplished harmonica player who's going to cover that part of it. So here's one, here's one that you probably didn't expect to hear when you woke up this morning in church. And Mark, just remember, this was a request.
told the ladies, you got to figure out your part to play on the uh, dulcimer on that song. Did, was it okay back there? Was it all right? See, I'm not going to name any names, but the requester for that song is sitting in the back back there. So. We're going to let Stone lead us on one this time. So, we must have a story for the song, and... Uh, this is an artist that was brought up to me by my brother in the blood, uh, my uncle by marriage, and my good friend Butch Hedgepath. Um, it's Robbie Say. And this is a song about sometimes life is hard, sometimes we can't find hope when everything's falling apart. We have to remember that our hope is in Jesus, our hope is in the Lord. And even in the struggles and the hard times in life, we can rely on him and we can sing his praise. We can lift up his name because he's there and we can count on that. The name of the song is I Raise My Voice. If everything I have is lost, if everything I have is gone, if everything I knew was suddenly a fraud and all I have was you, oh Tree is blaze with the fire of God, the maker of the stars, and the healer of my heart. Where would I be if you never gave me the eyes to see? I praise you, oh, I praise you. I'll raise my voice. Crashing wheel, 
that we wanted to play and share with you all is um, actually from Psalm 42. It's called As the Deer, As the Deer Pants, um, the first verse of that psalm. And by the way, David was um, a fantastic uh, writer of music. The psalms really are um, his, his words um, inspired and um, put to music. And uh, the first verse is, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, my God, and my delight, says David. And I think we can all um, say amen to that. You just, um, again, it's, it's our beloved, our love. And uh, we take our delight um, in him, and we also learn that he takes his delight in us, his beloveds. And as I read and meditated on Psalm 42, uh, from which this song is written, I saw that uh, Psalm 42 and 43 are very often combined. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to go on and read Psalm 43. And there's many verses that repeat from Psalm 42, but what really uh, jumped out and made me smile um, with delight is um, it said, this is again David saying this, but I think it's Pam and I saying this, I will praise you with the harp. And I said, oh, or the hammer dulcimer. <laughs> uh, and, and probably, um, and when I shared that with Tony, um, we decided probably uh, the hammer dulcimer was very much, or like the harp was very much like what we are playing right now. So I thought it was really wonderful that Pam and I were drawn to this song. And then upon looking further, I saw that uh, David was wanting to um, praise his God with the harp, as we want to do tonight with our hammer dulcimer. And the psalm ends with something that uh, I think the song also exemplifies and something that we want to share for you all to be thinking about and hopefully being able to say as well. Put your hope in God, 
for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Her father and her mother, both pure blood Irish. I've always been drawn to music that has an Irish feel to it. When I started working at a church and I was listening to contemporary praise and worship music, came across this Irish singer whose name is Robin Mark. And he just makes it just sounds Irish. And it's, it's just got such a nice, sort of honest sound to it. And one of the first songs I heard on one of his CDs was a song called Ancient Words. And it's such a great song because it talks about the ancient words that we hear are still relevant today. Holy words, long preserved for our all in this world. They resound with God's own heart. Let the ancient words in Words of life, words of hope, give us strength, help us cope. In this world, wherever we roam, ancient words will guide Ancient words ever true, changing 
music. One of the things that we realize over time in watching what we do when we gather for typical worship services is reflective of just, I think, the way most of us live our lives, that they become busy and noisy, even worship times. That's unfortunate, isn't it? That we have become so accustomed to having every moment of our lives filled with all kinds of stimuli. We just need something going on. We need something to fill the silence that we come to worship. And that's our expectation, and unfortunately, those of us who plan worship services have learned to roll with that, and so we, we, you know, we lead in services that look like the rest of life, where it's just busy, and it's full of preaching, or talking, or singing, or something to fill the silence. And yet, one of the most fundamental things that God uses for us is quiet moments, where we just get still in His presence, and just let our hearts sync with his and get quiet so that we can just hear what he's saying. And sometimes it's nothing more than feeling his presence and sometimes it is words and sometimes it's pictures. But we need those moments. And so tonight has been a different kind of night. I hope you've enjoyed it. I have. I've just thoroughly enjoyed the the fact that we haven't... I love to sing and I love to preach, but I love that there hasn't been any preaching. And I love that some of the time we haven't been singing. We've just been quiet and listened. And uh, we just wanted to set aside even a portion of this to just invite you to just be still and quiet. Tony's going to play over some of this time. But I just want to invite you to bow together with me. We're not going to take a long time to do this. But we just want to have a little bit of just, just quiet time to connect with the Lord. And I'm not going to guide you through it. I won't even give you that noise of my voice. But I just want to invite you. Would you bow together with me now? The only guidance I'm going to give you is just a good starting point. Is to just tell the Lord that you love Him. And that you surely would love just to draw near to Him and to hear His voice. And just in the coming moments, would you let your heart and mind just be open to whatever whatever he would bring to mind, whether it's pictures or words or just a sense of his presence as we just be still and draw close to him.
probably has the greatest story. Those of you that know who Van Morrison is, Van Morrison, one of the most prolific songwriters of, of this last century. Everybody knows the songs, Tupelo Honey, Brown Eyed Girl, Crazy Love, all the songs that are great songs. And one of his songs that became one of his most famous songs is a song called Have I Told You Lately That I Love You. And it's a great song that people have had sung at their weddings. You hear it on the radio all the time. And it's, it's a wonderful song. But back after the song came out, Van Morrison had done an interview with one of the music magazines in which he talked about how they asked him about the song and he talked about how the song just sort of was an accident hit for him. And he went on to talk about how he's a very spiritual person. He's raised in, in church in Ireland. He talked about how he prefers to be viewed as spiritual and not religious because he said when you talk about spiritual, people know what that means. But when you say I'm religious, people start having their own built-in ideas of what that means. And he realized that the trappings of stardom had gotten him to where he wasn't thinking about church. He wasn't thinking about anything to do with, with God. And so he decided that he needed to, to write something that could be his prayer. That he could remember, remind himself that, that God was at the top of all that there was. And so he wrote this song. And he said it was so overtly religious that he never expected it to get released and he never expected it to ever get played on the radio because to him it was such a it was such an obvious Christian religious song and it was a prayer and he said that you know and, and as he was writing and he was writing the, the verses were, were his prayer to God and his thanking God and he thought for the chorus that he needed to let people know that the same thing that he's thanking and, and saying I love you is, is something that, that everybody can have. But of course it got played and it got misinterpreted as a love song. Which is fine because it, it's a beautiful love song. But when you realize it was supposed to actually be a musical prayer and you hear it and you see the words, you look at it and you think, how did I ever think it was anything other than that? So for our last song this morning, this evening, you can tell what uh, this morning, evening, wherever it is, we're going to do this because there's always, it always astounds me that people talk about, I don't know what to say when I pray. doesn't matter if you've never been in church or if you've been in church all your life. It's some, some people just, I don't know what to say when I pray. They think we've got to come up with all of this, you know, King James Version words to say and all that. And I would say, if you don't know what to say, learn the words to this song and say this, the words to this song, and this would be a great prayer. But just going to help me out on it. Have I told you Have I told you there's no one else above you? 
fill my heart with gladness. You take away all my sadness. Ease my troubles, that's what you do. For the morning sun and all its glory. Preach the day with hope and comfort too. You fill my life with laughter, and somehow you make it better. You ease my troubles, that's what you do. There's a love that's divine, and it's yours and it's mine like the sun. And at the end of the day, we should give thanks and pray to the one. To the one. Have I told you lately? Have I told you there's no one else above you? You fill my heart with gladness. You take away all my sadness. Ease my troubles, that's what you do. Play it pretty much. so much for coming tonight. How about a round of applause for our ladies up there with their hammer dulcimers, Butch, Stone, Jeremy, where we had Jim, we had yeah, Zoe was sneaking back here on the, on the drum back here. Thank you all so much. We're going to see if we maybe can do this the next time we have a fifth Sunday. So we hope you'll be thinking about it and let us know what songs you want to hear then. Thank you all so much for coming out. Hi, thanks so much for taking time to tune in and listen to the message today through Freedom Online. 
We would love to, the opportunity to meet you personally anytime that you're in our area. But if today you heard something that really connected or that maybe you've got questions about, you'd like to talk with somebody or have someone pray with you, we'd love to hear back from you. You can reach us in a couple of different ways. You'll find on the website a contacts link. You can contact me or any member of our leadership directly, or you can call us at the number that you see on the website or at the bottom of the screen now. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope that you have a great week.